Back in 2015, Carlos Noel was working on a smart meter program at National Grid. He'd already overseen two pilot programs, and they saw decent engagement. But he felt like it was only scratching the surface of what's possible. And, you know, it was, it was great, but it was always kind of the smaller group of customers that were engaging, right? It was not the broader mass of customers. And he was pondering this limited engagement when he walked into a meeting with a startup in Cambridge, Massachusetts called Sense. So go into this meeting, and I go, go to the office, and this is big, massive like, like, electrical panel with an orange box in the middle of it. And I'm like, okay, well, just what does this thing do? The Sense box is a monitor that can detect each device in your home that uses electricity. The box is a reddish-orange color and is hooked up to your electrical panel. It sends real-time data to your phone that shows what devices are on and how much energy they're using. And as Carlos learned about how it works, a realization dawned on him. So, you know, as I'm in this meeting, I'm thinking to, my, to myself, this is the future. Like, this is the type of engagement that we need so we can actually tell customers in real time, when you turn on the lights, it's the lights that are coming on. When you are charging your own vehicle, it's actually your vehicle that is actually creating that demand. And while it seemed groundbreaking, Carlos couldn't imagine putting all those little devices in 7 million electrical panels of homes in National Grid's territory. But he couldn't get it off his mind. And as I was driving back home, I'm like, this is, this is a thing that is going to change the industry for everyone. Um, And it's going to empower customers to a level that they haven't had that level of control ever before uh, in the industry. A couple weeks later, Carlos was at a meeting with a bunch of executives of meter companies. And he told them about his realization during that car ride home after seeing the Sense monitor. And he was blunt. He said, look, I just just saw this thing called Sense. Um, This company is going to eat your business if you're not smart enough. And they're essentially going to take over your industry if you don't really act quickly. And everyone's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, this is, this is crazy. You know, meters are this reliable piece of equipment that it's been in, the, in place for years. And we've seen great results. And I said, you know, fantastic. It's all sound well, good. But we're not going to buy the same meters that everyone else has. So Carlos, he got creative. He brought together executives from Sense and a leading smart meter company, and they came up with a prototype that put the monitoring technology directly into the meter. It opened up new possibilities for real-time data that could be harnessed for grid reliability and customer efficiency. And I said, this is, this is one of those things that, that really starts to become a game changer. And everyone is realizing the value of starting to understand this kind of waveform and being able to analyze it. So you can start to get greater insights versus what, you know, traditional meters used to do. What did this tell you about the technological change coming for the grid? So there's a couple of things that are, you know, fundamentally different in this kind of solution versus I think what everyone else was doing before. So the first part is it's that that ability to, to engage with the customer in true real time. So you can actually start to see that kind of response after you make a change in your home. That's one of the first things that we believe it's going to be fundamentally different. I think the second part of it is, it's really the ability to do grid-edge computing. You're now opening possibilities to a whole host of companies that can say, you know what, I want to use this data and I want to start kind of producing apps that deliver value either to the customer or to the grid. So I just think this is going to be a really big change in the way the industry kind of thinks about the data and thinks about how do we kind of run solutions for the grid and the customer. 
This is With Great Power, a show about the people building the future grid today. I'm Brad Langley. There's a perception that utilities are outdated, slow, and not embracing innovation fast enough. But across the industry, there are people working really hard to realize the customer-centric, zero-carbon grid of the future. This week, harnessing technology to empower customers. We'll talk with Carlos Noel of National Grid. Carlos was once nicknamed the new stuff guy, but he's determined to make the new stuff into the normal stuff and change the customer experience for the better. When smart meters came on the scene, the industry talked about them in transformational ways. And while smart meters have given utilities more insights into the distribution grid through digitization, they haven't really transformed grid management or the customer experience. That's why Carlos DeWell decided he needed a new type of meter, one that could recognize every single device in the home. Because with this level of information, he believed utilities could offer better insights to customers that would save more energy and money. Carlos is the Vice President of Transformation Programs at National Grid. Part of his job is educating customers to make better energy choices. The other part of his job is offering them personalized experiences to make it as easy as possible to change their behavior. So I always tell people that when they think about electric vehicles, batteries, smart homes, all those cool things that everyone talks about, there has to be some magic that happens in the background for all of that to work. Essentially, what my team does is kind of looking for all those things that are needed to make sure that that future that everyone talks about and everyone dreams about, it actually happens every day. And the most important part of it is when you wake up in the morning, you flip the switch and the light comes up, right? That is a lot of what my team does. And really, the, the second part of what my team does is really finding the tools to empower customers to make sure that they can make better energy choices, right? So as we think about this clean energy future, we need customers to think about energy in a different way. And a lot of what my team is doing is really creating that platform that helps us as a company and helps the customer to make sure that they can make those decisions differently. I spoke with Carlos about how he makes this a reality at National Grid. How can utilities make cutting-edge technologies just a normal part of operations? We started with his origin story in Venezuela and then turned to his early exposure to the power of distributed digital technology for the grid. You've got a, uh, an intriguing background. You started your career in Venezuela as an engineer. Uh, you were identifying vulnerabilities in transmission infrastructure as part of that role. What about that experience made you interested in pursuing a career in electric utilities? As you said, you know, first job out of college, really wasn't sure exactly what I was getting myself into. And I kind of go and work for this local utility in the city that I grew up with. I grew up in, you know, I spent a lot of time on the field working with the crews and the transmission side. And I saw firsthand the importance of kind of the service you provide. To me, that's kind of the that was the beginning of saying I want to be in the energy space. I would say the second pivotal point in my career was we were doing this this pilot uh, on smart meters, and we were doing it in a city uh, called Worcester, Massachusetts. And I remember we had a place called the Sustainability Hub, which essentially was a storefront location where customers could go and see all the technology that we were offering. And you know, I remember sitting in we had kind of a small living room on the outside. And I remember one customer coming in and saying, you know, I'm really having a hard time with my electric bill and really don't know what's going on. And can you, can you help me? And we started to look through their usage. We started to look through different pl pricing plans for this customer. 
And we say, look, it's a pool pump that is actually driving all your usage in your home, right? And it might be running without you even knowing. And it's actually running when it's really hot outside, which happens to be the worst time to be using electricity. So can we give you this load control device that actually, you know, it helps you to control that device so it doesn't, the pool pump doesn't run in the middle of the afternoon. And, you know, I remember how grateful this customer was and they couldn't stop appreciating how much we had helped them in, you know, reducing their electric bill, understanding what's happening in your home. And to me, that was the moment when I said, you know, a lot of people don't really think about energy, but when you really think about it, it's something that is really near and dear to your heart, right? It might be for financial reasons, it might be for environmental reasons, it might be for, you know, convenience reasons, right? Whatever it is, energy is always kind of one thing that people, uh, as much as they don't care about it on a regular basis, for different reasons, people start to pay attention and, and it matters, I've heard a few other utilities doing something similar with these sustainability hubs, stores people can go to. Do you think there is a role for these kinds of shops for people to really engage with energy tech and to see how it can potentially impact them and to get more of it in people's houses? I have seen firsthand the value of going beyond just a a brochure, a flyer, an email that gets into your inbox and says, here's this thing that will be great for you versus going to a place where you can actually touch things, have a conversation with someone. And for us in our program, we are creating a similar kind of sustainability hub in Syracuse. And and one of the things we're trying to do is have a similar model that can go on the road and, and actually meet customers where they are. I mean, go to a fair that it's in town or a farmer's market, whatever it is, go and meet the customers where they are and have a conversation about energy in the places where they are already. And, you know, I have found that to be a really effective way to engage them. And it takes the conversation of like this kind of utility, which I don't really know, I just see a bell, to a human that is actually having a conversation with you. When I hear you talking about all this cool stuff, I look at your background and I, I hope this question doesn't come off poorly, but you started in procurement, which, you know, procurement and innovation aren't always two synonymous terms. So what were you doing in procurement that earned you the new stuff guy nickname? So I always tell people that procurement is one of the most boring places you can work for, but it's also one of the most exciting areas because you actually get to know what the business is doing every day to a level of detail that even the business at times doesn't know. And part of the reason why I felt that that was important for me and my team is because the only way you truly can add value in procurement is if you really understand what you're buying and what are the drivers for those that you're buying products and services for. So to me, it was that that passion of understanding the work that you're you're doing for others that essentially created that easy path for me to say, this person knows as much as the program as anyone else. So as we're looking at the next person to bring to do kind of new technologies, this guy already knows a lot of it. So, so that's, I think, the, the part that I, that I always tell people is understand the, the work you do, and then you bring that commercial aspect to the discussion, which is the role that procurement should be playing. It's been about 10 years since you started digging into the new stuff. Smart thermostats, EV chargers, advanced meters, how is the real world impact and deployment of this tech squared away with your expectations a decade ago? Are we where you thought we would be? We behind, we ahead? What's your take on where we are vis-a-vis what you expected? 
the view of and the value of this kind of new stuff has changed so much, both from a business perspective, from a customer perspective, that now we're thinking we, we're not doing enough versus we're doing too much. So I would say from that perspective, I feel that we've significantly moved the needle in terms of kind of how we think about all of this. At the same time, I still feel that we're probably behind where we, where we thought we were going to be. So we still have a long road ahead of us. And, and we need to keep challenging ourselves to kind of go beyond the early adopters. I think we've gotten a lot of people that are those that tend to adopt technologies first. And now we need to start going into kind of the mass market. You believe that AMI is the most transformational technology for the utility industry because it really pushes computing capabilities to the grid edge. In your mind, why is that so important? Why is that so transformational? We're going beyond planning for day ahead to a world where we're planning for exactly what's happening over the next five minutes and understanding kind of what are the resources you have, what homes are producing solar, what homes have EVs connected, right? How much charge do I have in a battery? All those things are now becoming so critical for operators to actually make decisions that otherwise in the past they would have said, I'm not going to really think about that. I'm just going to assume that it's not there and I'm not going to count on, on a battery discharging or solar coming into the grid or a, bat or a car coming into the grid. I'm not going to think about any of that. I'm just going to assume it's not there and probably overplan. I think the second shift we haven't talked about enough is if you think about it, the new meters not only look into the customer house, but they also look into the grid. Now I can see on the other side of the grid and I can see at a level that allows me to optimize my grid to the most efficient point that I can because it's less guessing about what's happening downstream. I actually know voltage levels. I know, you know capacity. I know everything at any given time and empowers those operators to make better decisions, more optimal decisions because you're taking, you're taking a lot of that guessing out of the equation. And to me, that's where I think smart meters are going to fundamentally change it, both from a customer perspective, but also from a grid perspective. It's, it's a bit counterproductive because not all utilities have taken advantage of smart meters to the extent they really could, and many haven't even installed them yet. So, so it just it kind of amazes me we're still having this conversation, but but here we are. So I, I'm curious, you know, what do you think the industry can do better to realize their transformational power? So one of the things that we've we've been really focused on is it's taking a more agile and digital approach to the way we do things. In full transparency, when I when I started with this work, I'm like, oh my God, this digital and agile thing, it just feels like the next buzzwords that are happening. But the reality is we're running our AMI meter uh, program deployment in an agile way. It's going to be one of those kind of fundamental things that is going to change the tra trajectory. And it goes beyond the technology, right? Because we're going to need a whole host of things to get to the future, Right? Whether it's you know upgrades to control room systems and stuff on the grid and stuff in like the customer portals, all of that. But all of that needs to be implemented. And I think that the biggest frustration I've had in this journey is how long it takes. That's why I believe on how you do things will matter a hell of a lot more in the future than it has in the past. That smart meter that you've developed in partnership with Landis and Gear and Sense has a real opportunity to accelerate some of this development. Where, where are you at with deploying that meter to your customers? Our deployment was something that it would take you know, seven years at the beginning to deploy all the meters. And 
I remember early on when we had that plan, it kind of made sense. We said, this is how long it takes. In less than a year, we actually deployed uh, five meters that we're actually billing customers on. What we thought it was going to take forever with this agile and digital approach, we're now kind of bringing features every couple of months. We had our first minimal viable product of actually running kind of sense through our network, through our backend systems live last week. So this is real. Like it's less about theory, right? We're not, we're not saying this is a hypothetical thing. These are meters that are now being deployed in upstate New York that are going to continue to get deployed over the next few months. And the, the beauty in this is that it's not one end. You're making multiple releases as you go along. And each of those releases, it's unlocking value, whether it's for the utility or whether it's for the customers. People can go and see and say, this sense thing, it's not, it's not smoking mirrors anymore. It actually is. It's there. And so is your plan that every national grid customer ultimately has this meter? Every upstate New York customer as well as Massachusetts customers will have will have a smart meter. Some will use it more, some will use it less, and that's fine. We want to do it in a way that actually it's meaningful to that customer. But really, our aspiration is that we want to get as many customers as we can because the reality is that's the way we can help those customers the most is by giving them information and tools that allow them to understand what's really happening in their homes. What are you all doing from an education standpoint before these meters are installed to really prepare customers for what's to come and how it's going to benefit them? You start to change the conversation to value versus just this thing that is going into your home. We also have, you know, the information that we believe it's also relevant for customers, right? We're not shying away from all the safety tests that we're doing, the cybersecurity tests that we're doing, the health tests that have been done, right? We want to make sure that that information is there and it's available. But at the end of the day, we really want to focus the conversation on value to them. How do you plan on using the new capabilities that the meter provides to deliver that value to customers? What can they expect when these meters are installed? So I would say one of the biggest changes that we're making with the program is not assuming that everyone will experience the smart meters the same way, right? And it's it's finding what are those things that will be most relevant for that customer on how do we market it. We can actually start to have a more productive and personalized conversation with the customer because now we all have the tools to do so versus in the past, it was a lot of guessing a lot of, let's hope that this person has a, a heat pump. Let's hope that this customer has X, Y, and Z. Now you're going from that hope to actually getting to know it. In your mind, what does the energy transition look like without effective use of AMI? What are the ramifications if we don't get this right? If we don't have a way to help customers to make different choices, we're going to lose a lot of customers in this journey that are critical for us to hit our clean energy goals. If we still have people saying, I don't want to think about a heat pump or I don't want to think about an electric vehicle because I don't see the value, you know, I think it's going to be really hard for us to get there. I also think that we're going to miss an opportunity to really start to use kind of pricing options in a way that could be tailored to the customer's lifestyles and they can also align with the future needs of the grid. For example, you might have an electric vehicle, right? But if I offer you the right rate, I'm going to encourage you that rather than charging your electric vehicle at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, charge it overnight, right? So if we don't get this right, we're going to miss that opportunity to really maximize the value that all those resources bring to the table. 
And I, and I would say the last piece to me is there's a, a, an element on the grid side that we're going to fundamentally miss because we, we're going to continue to operate on this, I would say, more risk-adverse model because we don't know exactly what's happening at the edge of the grid. And that's going to lead to inefficiencies, right? It's not going to lead to inefficiencies, but it's not going to capture all the efficiencies that we could have if we know exactly what's happening at the, end, at the edge of the grid every single time. You are the VP of Transformation Programs at National Grid. What does a truly transformative model for utility look like? So I think that transformation happens in probably three different levels, right? So it happens in the way that we engage with our customers and the way that the products and services that we offer to them and how do we maximize the value of those products for them but also they maximize the value that they bring to the broader ecosystem. So I think that's probably the first transformation that happens. I think the second transformation happens on how do we think about the grid that we operate every single day. It is a grid where we go from devices and solutions and products that we all that we own as a utility to a world where we have multiple players and actors having to be coordinated in a seamless way in almost real time to make sure that the grid is still running as efficiently as it can, but it's also in a safe and secure and reliable manner. So that's, I think, the second part of it. And I think the third one, which is already happening, it's really how do you start to think about the world of the business model for the utility changing, right? So in, in most of the states where we operate, you have performance incentives that, that really incentivize the utility to kind of go outside of its comfort zone and say, your compensation, now it's tied to delivering outcomes, and those outcomes are aligned to policy goals. So that changes the conversation on how do you think about kind of deploying your CapEx and, and putting assets on the ground, because you now need know that it needs to be aligned to those goals. It needs to be aligned to those customer needs. So, so it starts to change the conversation. When you go into a world where there's more performance-based regulation, you need to think about kind of your investments in a different way. We talked a little bit about how how can we deploy capital sooner and, and start to deliver value sooner? I mean, all of those things start to come into place when, when your business model starts to change. We know that partnerships are so vital to achieving our goals. You know, partnerships, you partnering with technology companies, but technology companies partnering amongst themselves. Any thoughts or best practices on helping broker this partnership between Landis and Gear and Sense? You know, maybe two companies that really didn't think about working together before you brought them together. So I think to me, a lot of it is it's really aligning value streams and saying, where can we together deliver more value than if we do it individually? Um, and I do think utilities have a role to play in that because all of those companies come to utilities to pitch their solution. And utilities need to start to see the bigger picture and saying, you know what, your solution is great, but if you actually work with this other company, your solution would be even better. So you guys should go and talk and, and try to figure out a way because we, what we want is actually the combination of the two companies. So, so having that kind of explicit facilitation, I think, can help us all to go a long way. We call this show With Great Power, uh, obviously as a reference to the power sector, but I don't know if you're a Spider-Man fan like myself, but it's also a quote from Spider-Man, With Great Power Comes Great Responsibility. What superpower do you bring to push the energy transition forward? My power is being okay with being told, we've done that before and it didn't work, and say, that is great, and how can we make it work in the future? 
And it's having that ability to move beyond some of those failures we've had in the past and give people the hope that we have a big task ahead of us. And the only way we get there is by doing different things than the ones we've done before. Carlos, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us. Really enjoyed your perspective. And uh, thanks again. Thank you very much, Brad. Great opportunity to talk to you guys. We are on an important mission and we need to keep working together to get to the future. With Great Power is produced by GridX in partnership with PostScript Media. Delivering on the clean energy future is complex. GridX exists to simplify the journey. GridX is the enterprise rate platform that modern utilities rely on to usher in our clean energy future. We design and implement emerging rate structures, and we increase consumer investment in clean energy, all while managing the complex billing needs of a distributed grid. Our production team includes Aaron Hardick, Stephen Lacey, and Cecily Meza-Martinez from PostScript Media. The original theme song and mixing came from Sean Marquand. The GridX production team includes Jenny Barber and me, Brad Langley. If this show is providing value for you, and I hope it is, please spread the word. You can give a rating on Apple and Spotify. You can share a link with a friend, a colleague. And if you have that uh, special electricity nerd in your life, I'm sure they'd love it too. Thanks for listening. I'm Brad Langley.